Welcome to the Wonders of Thedas podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Ren. I'm Jessica. And with us today... Oh! (laughs) Sorry. Hi, it's Leona. She's here. She's great. How's it going? It's it's going. Good. Yeah, going is about how I've been this week as well. It's been... uh, It's been a week, hasn't it? It has been a week. It has. Well... It's been a month. January lasts about 700 years normally, so... Mm-hmm. Not wrong. Yeah, and of course, anybody who's uh, for anywhere near, like, the Midwest... Mm-hmm. And I imagine... Has your area been hit as well with the... Yeah, not not as bad as the Midwest. I mean, we didn't get down to, like, 60 below, but we yeah. were... Yeah. We, were, we were, had, like, wind chills of 25, 30 below here. Yeah. Yeah, we hit that as well. Bloomington gets uh, protected a little bit, I think, by the lake, the lake effect, because we got mm-hmm. some a couple of really big lakes around us, so we only got to, like, negative 25. But only negative 25 is still pretty bad. <laughs> I have a friend in Wisconsin who got down to about 50 below. Oh, yeah, I had some oh, friends geez. in Chicago who were just like, I can't go outside or I'm going to die. <laughs> the, when the warnings say, if you go outside, don't breathe. Yeah, that's... <laughs> oh, my God. That's unfortunate. It was like, don't take a deep breath because you could hurt your lungs. It was I'm like, like oh. that's some day after tomorrow stuff. Right. Don't breathe. I'm like, no, I'm just going to stay at home. Yeah, I just, I, ca- I thought about going out to get some stuff, but I just kept picturing that scene in Day After Tomorrow where that helicopter, like, the fuel freezes in its pipelines yeah. and it crashes to the ground and the guy freezes to death and he's trying to get out. That was going to be yeah. me. So yeah. I stayed home and I did not get the things that I wanted because I did not want to be helicopter guy. I, I feel that was That's a my smart story move of on your week. part. So yeah, it's been cold. Yeah, I really enjoy being unfrozen. Somebody decided to cast Winter's Grasp on the Midwest. Yeah, Yeah, it's been super cold here, for those of you who are not in this general area. Yeah, we had uh, what's called like a polar cell or something sweep across us, which just means that, you know, for like a day or two, we die if we go outside because it's too cold. Pretty much. But, you know, fortunately, there is no weather on the internet. There is no weather on the internet, uh, it's a, except for this storm of amazing information that is coming to your earbuds right now. This, the, the next episode of the Wonders of Thetis podcast, where we are going to be talking about a specialty topic that we collected uh, uh, to, well, from your votes, which is compelling NPCs. That was real sketch, but I liked it. Like, it storm, Yeah, I'll take it. See, I'm taking it, you know. We're getting good at this. But yeah, everybody was pretty uh, pretty excited about doing compelling NPCs this week. And mm-hmm. I think this is such a cool topic. So, And not a moment too soon, yes, as it turns as, out. Yes, as it turns out, this was the right week to pick it, guys. It was very serendipitous. Yes. All right. So. First. Uh, first. Uh, let's see. This is the spot where I'd normally put. Uh, where we're going to start trying to more regularly put in uh, a D20 radio shout out. Uh, 
So uh, right now we haven't gotten it. We I've been talking with some of the other hosts, and we're trying to find ways to make sure that we can um, help make sure that we're uh, cross pollinating, as we as we ended up calling it a lot, uh, sharing mm. the shows, or even having hosts go on other shows, or having hosts come on our show to guest star. That'd um, be wonderful. Yeah, I, I think that'd be super fun. Yeah. Uh, we haven't got any plans for it just yet. Uh, I just started talking to these folks about it today. So right now, all I'm going to say is. Um, a lot of you probably already know that we are part of the D20 Radio Network, which is a collaboration of podcasts, mostly folks who are gamers, but some folks who are talking about more general geekery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's like there's like twelve shows on this on this on this podcast network. And of course, if you go to like D20 Radio dot com, then you can find all of those shows and you can get all of their episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, then they have their own. Let's see, the D20 Radio has its own blog. And guys, there are some really, really good shows on mm-hmm. the D20 radio network. Like uh, uh, The Immortal uh, Order 66 podcast. Yes, I was going to say, we started with, before we were even podcasters, we started with the Order 66 podcast and uh, ended up meeting the uh, meeting the guys and mm-hmm. playing really some cool. games with them at Gen Con. And that was a lot like, of fun. There's, just, there's some really talented people on this uh, in this network. So mm-hmm. if you haven't, definitely go check out some of our sister podcasts. There's a lot of good stuff, and I don't think you'll be disappointed. It'll help you uh, expand your horizons, especially if you're a Star Wars enthusiast. We have a yeah, that is it started with Star Wars, so we kind of it's, it's kind of leaning towards a lot of Star Wars stuff. So check it out. You I'm, on the, D- <laughs> I'm on the D20 uh, Discord Very nice. server. Oh, nice! There's a lot of Star Wars. <laughs> so if there's a lot of Star Wars there, there's so many podcasts. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We started with them when they were still talking about Saga Edition. Which I still love. Which is still one we'll of our favorite We'll have to talk about sometime radio, in a post show, but not uh, this one. Role-playing games. Uh, but uh, for this one, we're going to go ahead and dip our toes into This Week in Thetis. You aren't worried I'll just make it up as I go? Not at all. You'll need to hear the whole story. Welcome to This Week in Thetis. We've got big news for you folks. Uh, Yay! It's happening. Yeah, it's Excited. finally it happening. Are you ready? Uh, yes. Are you ready? Drum roll. Faces of Thetis is available for pre-order. Woo! Yay! And? And you can get the PDF right now. Yay! This book, it's we've been we've been waiting a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been I a bit of a week. I pre-ordered a year ago. But honestly... I'm looking through it now. It's it is fantastic. It's a great book. Mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't gotten there yet. So gotcha. Hopefully next week. I we've been <laughs> Ren has been particularly torn because that yeah. came out the day after uh, Kingdom Hearts three came out, and so it's been a rough. Do I play Kingdom Hearts or do I read about Alistair? Mm. You can't do both. Zevran's at the end of this book. Zevran's at the end of this book. What else do I need to say? Go get the book. Uh, so you can buy the PDF right now. You can pre-order the book, uh, where of course wherever you get your games at your friendly local gaming store. Uh, if you pre-order the physical copy through Green Ronin's online store, you can get the PDF for an extra five dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, if your friendly local gaming store is participating in the brick and mortar campaigns, you may are also able to do that. Um, We'll, of course, be diving into this book and its future con- its contents in future episodes. It's got a couple new backgrounds. It's got lots of people to talk about. It's got organizations. And, of course, it's got relationships. 
Which is what I've been waiting for. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this I mean, is Dragon Age. Dragon Age. It's we about it. fighting evil and doing smooches. So now we get that other 50%. Yeah. This is why we play Dragon Age is, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful game and this wonderful combat and role playing and story and lore, but we play for the smooches. Yeah. Epic narrative dating simulator. That exactly. One. <laughs> So, uh, for those of you who grabbed the PDF, uh, know that uh, Green Ronin's usual process is to release the PDF while they're collecting pre-orders for the physical copy. Usually about a month later, they'll release, let's see, they'll finally get everything going to print. Usually a little less time than that. It'll probably be like two or three weeks. But while the PDF is out, uh, they know that they're going to get lots of folks looking at the book and catching every little uh, error that their own editors didn't catch. Um, things like spelling or grammar, or maybe uh, maybe they used a name wrong, or maybe they just for, uh, forgot to put a number in the willpower stat. Uh, if you mm -hmm. do notice an error uh, in this PDF, feel free to head over to the Faces of Thetis Errata Suggestions thread on the Green Running forums to report the error that you find. Um, help us make this book as great as it can be. Mm -hmm. uh, it helps to reference page numbers, which paragraph and sentence the error is in, and a respectable suggestion for an edit. Yes. It's it's gotten pretty long, uh, but let's see the folks. A lot of the folks who've been adding to it have been talking about lore. Uh, yeah, this which, isn't about lore changes. This isn't about lore changes. This is more about it's like somebody pointed out that several characters didn't have a willpower stat. Yeah, that's that's, that's to some, be addressed. That's something to be addressed. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the fact that all uh, there are a couple of occasions where they maybe accidentally use only male pronouns for the warden or for Hawk. And that's something that probably should ought, ought to be addressed as well. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. quite a few lady wardens and quite a few lady hawks. Most of mine. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Understandable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the I think the only lore thing that we saw that probably needs to be that addressed needs to be is adjusted. that one character who is absolutely one thing is absolutely described as something else, which was yeah. one of those. And, and and he is described correctly later in the book. Really, I believe okay. so. I think you're probably right. But so, uh, it's just yeah. a it it's just a an oops. So just look for those little technical oopses and help us out. Help us out. This is and uh, it's the, amazing. The moderator has amazing. mentioned that it's going to print soon. So take a quick look, get what you can, see if we've already caught it before. Uh, help us make this book as great as we can. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's. Let's see, and, and of course the the one let's see the week that we start talking about compelling NPCs. Guess what comes out? How's yep. that work? Isn't that cool? Destiny. Clearly, destiny. Destiny stuff. All right. Why don't we go ahead and move on, uh, and we will open our codex. You can ask me questions if you like. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but... Oh, good. Thank you. I'm going to regret this, aren't I? Welcome to the Codex, everybody. Uh, we've got two questions for us, uh, one of which is multi-part, so let's hop right into it. Uh, first question comes from Parsival on the Green Running Forums. Hey, Parsival. Hey there. Hey, Parsival. How you doing? We haven't heard from you in a while. Well, mm -hmm. no, we, can't, we hear questions every week. I mean, we get questions every week. Uh, this one is actually a direct response to our discussion of the champion specialization and a comment I had on uh, potential tactics to use for it. Um, your question was, uh, I dislike the charge action and the way it can be misused in the champion specialization. As written, one can repeatedly charge the same foe each turn, bouncing away and back like a yo-yo. 
Do you use any house rules to change this, or can you think of any? Is there anything we can learn from fantasy? I don't have have the rules uh, to uh, hand. Um, the way you have described it is very amusing to me. Just this sort of bouncing back and forth. I kind of caught it earlier that you could that you get people who you you know use your minor action to get away, major action to charge them again, uh, and. There's really nothing that really stops players from doing that. Yeah. Um, to make it, if it sounds ridiculous, maybe consider making it that they have to charge through because you can attack during, in like, you can move part of your movement and then attack and move. In this. That's right. Yeah. Charge is move half your speed and then attack. And then you could one. make the movement. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So you could absolutely, like, that would be very sensible for someone who is on horseback to... Mm -hmm. Charge a single target, go to the other side, charge them again, mm -hmm. go to the other side. Like, that would be a pretty effective way of dealing with someone who does not have your speed mm -hmm. and your reach. It worked out very well for a rogue. Yeah, she didn't flies. even have a horse. She was just fast. She's just real fast. But uh, that's also a much more, that's a much more roguelike thing, the sort of stabbing and dancing out and dancing back in. Mm -hmm. That's a very roguelike way to move mm -hmm. and behave. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is worth remembering that there is an action in the game called uh, Press the Attack, uh, which is, uh, as a minor action, you basically stick with that person, mm -hmm. and uh, as long as you hit them, I believe you have to hit them with a melee attack uh, earlier in the turn, but if you use your minor action to press the attack, if they try to get away from you, you get to move with them. Mm -hmm. Definitely now, make use of that. That may not work if the target that they're bouncing off of is slow. Yeah, that is can, the downside to being slow. They can only move up to their speed, so if that person is, you know, an elf rogue in light armor uh, and an enormous dexterity, they're going to get away and have enough room to perform the charge action anyway. Ren, Ren's not bitter. Or not bitter or anything. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, what do you think, Leona? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. Um... This feels kind of like that, uh, like the early stages it's in like, the game where folks were like, uh, "I can only use the I can only use the heal action every time I take damage. I'll just cut myself for one point of damage." Oh, I can use another healing kit. Yeah, that yeah. that always that always irked me. I feel like if if this is flavored well, like if you've got someone who is using it, like I'm going to charge back and forth across this person, mm -hmm. that makes sense to me from like a battle perspective. But if they're like, you know, charging someone, they're like beep, 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 like backing their horse up, <laughs> like, like that. That's a comical and b mm -hmm. probably not what was intended from a dramatic standpoint. So, in terms of we we didn't have any champions in our game, so we haven't had to make any house rules to address this. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen this in action. We haven't seen it in action, and I mean. It is. It looks a little. It looks a little silly, but it is you know a tactic that you can use. But because uh, Dragon Age doesn't really have rules for things like attacks and opportunity, it carries no risk. Uh, and because mobility is very easy in this game, it's it's not hard to do. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, could, if you can, uh, you could flavor it as a skirmisher. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it, it's easier to explain, I think, when they're on horseback. If they're just, if it's just them on foot, then it starts to look, it starts to look a little funky. Yeah. 
it's sort of I think it's more about how it plays out. Like what is it mm. portraying? Yeah. Um they're definitely doing like a war cry every time that they charge that person again. <laughs> uh, slash runs away. Uh, slash runs away. So, Percival, I get where your frustration is coming from. Make them do it every time. They have to. You make that player yes. shout every single time they do yes, it. Yes, correct. There we go. That's the house rule. Yeah, it's like in Pathfinder. If you have someone who's playing a witch. They got a cackle. You get to keep that cackle going for an unfair amount of time. You gotta do it. I had one guy who tried, who was like a naval captain, who had like a very uh, comfortable kind of laugh that that he did as a cackle throughout the entire adventure because he was too low level to help everybody. So he was just in the middle <laughs> of like, oh, how are you all doing? <laughs> so. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you can apply that same logic and find somebody who can make you make it comical, but then again, that, that's not very champion, I guess. Yeah, I but guess. Maybe it is. Maybe they find that very inspiring because it's setting the it's setting the enemies off and making them confused. Yeah, talk talk to your player. Yeah, this feels like a table by table basis. Mm -hmm. I do like that imagery though. It's really <laughs> ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like it too. Uh, you might, maybe you could maybe have like a cooldown on the charge. That action. could that could nerf the class a bit. It could, it could, uh, or maybe you can only maybe you can only charge. Nah. I don't know that I would mechanically alter it unless it's mm -hmm. making a clear mechanical advantage. Like. Mm -hmm. It sounds to me like it's just ridiculous. It's not so much giving a ridiculous mechanical advantage as it is just silly mm -hmm. when you think about it from a very technical standpoint. All it's doing is that minus one to attack rolls within, I believe, it's eight yards uh, from enemies. We don't get a save to resist. Yeah. So it's, it, it is a little ridiculous. It's not like an overpowering kind of ridiculous, so might just be able to work around it or just maybe maybe just don't think about it much mm -hmm. well hopefully that answers your question one of the many things that was said <laughs> uh, thanks as always uh, next question comes from uh, Maripson on the Green Running forums I got a personal me I got a <laughs> private message for this one cool. uh, oh, I, I hope believe... nobody sent me a private message in the last like year because I haven't checked <laughs> Might not be a bad idea to just glance at it. Yeah, I should. What was my password? Anyway. <laughs> uh, Maribson's question, let's see, is as reads. Greetings. I am in the midst of prepping my first campaign set to take place during the Inquisition era, and while I have a Talfashoth Mage Bandit King planned as the BBEG, my group is the type to take any plans I have for a campaign, burn them, turn them to ashes into paint, make finger paintings, burn the paintings, and then turn those ashes into fertilizer. Oof. As such. Graphic. Well, I feel that's that just happened. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Uh, as such, knowing my luck, the campaign will most likely involve the Inquisition, so I am looking for some thoughts on incorporating certain characters into the tabletop RPG. Mm -hmm. uh, number one, would you consider giving Solus the Dalish Mage background for the mechanics, even if the fluff doesn't work? Um, now, are we talking about the Dalish Mage? No, nah, I mean... You should probably, you should obviously go with apostate. Which, uh, 
El there's you know elf apostate um doesn't eat doesn't specify that they're dalish so i think that would make a yeah that is true good uh background so. for him and uh which which Dalish mage background are we talking? Uh, about? there is a new Dalish mage background. Yes, is that the one that we're talking about? Because uh, I haven't actually gotten a good enough look at it yet. It does. I, I remember it adds to uh, magic ability. I believe. It does. So that would be appropriate for him. It would. But uh, I think that you could absolutely do that. I mean, apostate's not a bad idea either. Apostate's not a bad idea. Because my character got made before uh, the full game launched. Uh, and back then, you could only be a Dalish rogue or a warrior. Mm -hmm. She was started with the apostate background as well. So I found it was pretty effective. Either way, I don't think you can go wrong. As, no. long, as, as long as he is powerful and, and whiny as a mage. Yep. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh, number two. Uh, would the architect's stat block work for the elder one? Maybe. I guess you probably could. Uh, both of them seem to have a fair number of focuses in primal magic, so it's not out of the question. Um, I might recommend be, uh, beefing them up a little bit, or especially uh, if you're planning on doing a, a combat like they did at the end of Inquisition, where it's everybody piling on Corypheus, you'll uh, probably want to at least either give him some minions uh, or beef him up, because the Architect's stat block is... Not like an not like overwhelming. So he'll the architect would probably have friends with him anyway, so worth keep that in mind. But I think the architect stat block is a good place to start. Uh, number three, same as above, but archdemon and the elder one's dragon. Probably, that should be okay. On this one, I think I would pull the archdemon down so. just a little bit for the elder one's dragon. Mm -hmm. I mean. Lore fluff wise, the Elder One's Dragon's not. Yeah, Archdemon, Archdemon is a class by itself, so knocking it down a right. few pegs. Maybe so use I, the High Dragon stats? Yeah. I feel like High Dragon stats, and then if you wanted to boost a couple of things, mm -hmm. that would probably be the best way to yeah. go about it. It's not quite a full Archdemon, so, you, I mean, it's still got plenty of ways to hurt your PCs, even without a bunch of light powers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Plenty hurty. Mm hmm. So, thank you for the question, Maribson. Thank you, Parsifal. Uh, those of you out there listening to the podcast, if you have a question about the one about the Dragon Age role-playing game, whether it's mechanics, build suggestions, questions about lore, clarifications about old episodes, or anything else, send a, send us a message to oneisthetispodcast at gmail.com. Send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, or SoundCloud accounts, or send a personal message to Cot the Protector or Hulipuff on the Green Ring forums, or send a message to Cot or Lise on the D20 radio forums. That's us. That's us. And definitely send one to Healer Puff or Lise, because I hear she'll definitely get back to you sometime this year. 2019 is it. <laughs> 2019 the is the year. This is the year she'll finally <laughs> find time to get in there. Sure. Sure it is. I'm sure it Dream is. Dream big, everybody. Uh, we'll be skipping the dissonant verses today because we haven't got anything to show just yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, with a new book coming out, some folks may be feeling inspired enough that they'll start writing some extra stuff. Please do. And you know where to send it because we just mm -hmm. talked about it. Send it to all those places. It's still us. Uh, or I might scout it and ask if we can borrow it for a little while. That one's always fun. Mm-hmm. All right. You, Jessica's giving me a look, which means I think we're heading toward our segue. What? You, you, 
You think that you think that I'm gonna give you a pun? I do. That's what you think? Uh-huh. That is exactly what I think. That's... Well, I mean, I guess if I didn't, it would be out of character. Is it fate or chance? I can never decide. <laughs> Welcome to the main topic, everybody. <laughs> We have been properly inducted. <laughs> I had some really bad ones in the, in there too, so <laughs> I'm like sure you're real bad. I, I saved you. It's because I like this marriage and I wanted to continue. I appreciate it. <laughs> all right, so this time we're talking about compelling NPCs. We've all had those. We've all had some NPCs oh, that yes. uh, they had a memorable accent, or their descriptions were exciting. They gave you some fat loot. Uh, maybe they died at the worst time. Yes. Maybe you fell in love with them. Yes. Uh, now that was a PC. Um. No. Yes. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, is it oh god. Yeah. Oh no. And yeah, now no. that I, now that I mention it, wasn't there a wedding that was going to happen last time we talked oh, to you about the wedding? The game? Didn't actually happen. Um. Oh, what, what, wait, we post show. We got to post yeah, show we'll post it. I want to know. I need this in depth. I'll tell you. I, what I can't. Happened, yes, I can't wedding. handle just an overview. I need the in depth story on this. <laughs> the wedding didn't quite happen. I'll tell you at the post show. Okay, right, I'm very right. excited. Something this is going to be a good post to show. <laughs> uh, this question: What makes an NPC compelling? What makes an NPC compelling has a lot of answers depending on who you ask. Uh, generally, NPCs should be how you populate your game world and how you mm -hmm. make it come to life. Absolutely. They are, NPCs are the most direct way to let your players know that they are affecting the world around them uh, and, the, and see, as they react to the actions of the PCs. Uh, they quickly deliver information to PCs from things like where the demons are hiding uh, to the themes and tones of the campaign. Uh, because they are the mouthpiece, mouthpiece through which you deliver Thetis, uh, aside from area descriptions, of course, uh, it is worth knowing how they work uh, and what you can use them for. Mm -hmm. And there are a number of uses for NPCs. Mm -hmm. I think I think every person I know who has played in any major campaign can think of at least one PC, probably more than one, or one NPC, and probably more than one, where they're just like, I love that character. I love that <laughs> character so much. I've only done this character for one session, but if anyone hurts them, I'm killing everyone in this room, and then myself. Yes. I have had that. I have had that uh, feeling about an NPC in my time. Several. <laughs> uh, why don't we go ahead and start with uh, Jessica? What's uh, let's see, what was an NPC that you liked and why? Oh, geez, no, I don't. <laughs> you didn't warn me. I didn't get to go through my list in my head. There are so many. <laughs> Does it help to just say pick one? No. <laughs> nope, makes it worse. Uh, Liana, have you got one off the top of your head? <laughs> <laughs> the look on her face says everything. Yeah. Should we? I've got. <laughs> we can I've, come back I've to had, this. No, I've got several, but I'm going to go with okay. the, one of my favorites. His name was Kogor the Unmoved. He was oh, an good. And he was wonderful, and he was. Fuck that one. He was amazing, and he was just this big, strong avar swinging around this giant axe, and then he got his head cut off. Oh. That's very sad. It was sad. It was very, very sad, and I cried. I would, too. 
It Your was, story ends sad. It does. A lot of my NPC stories end sad. Oh, got a fairly ruthless GM, huh? Derek is. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything mean because he'll do something mean to my character. <laughs> do you need help? Are you okay? <laughs> I'm fine. No, Derek. Hey, Derek. Character is okay. <laughs> Derek, you can shut off the podcast now. There's nothing to listen to. <laughs> Leona, we got to get you out of here. <laughs> No, I always know that Derek's, it's going to come around for the better in the end, but while you're going through it, it's hell. Oof, that's sad and terrible. It feels but very I'm Dragon glad. Age. And yeah. That is extremely Dragon Age. I mean, the, the NPCs that Derek creates for us is are very Dragon Age in that they're going to die at a moment's notice. And actually, oh. I created Kogor, so. Really? Yeah, I did. Oh. I figured my, out. I think my PC oh, yeah. needed a group of uh, like her own little squad. So oh, oh like a background squad. Yeah, so I created five NPCs. Two how of them many, died. I say, how many survived? Three. All right, that's good. One of them Six. actually what, turned that's into probably one of my favorite NPCs. Emery was pretty spectacular, and he's still alive, thank God. Nice. But. Yeah, post show. Um, I'll tell you more about him, or later in this, later in this show because he is an NPC. So, yes, it's very relevant. I think uh, I've had so many NPCs that I've loved, and you've made a bajillion of them that I've really enjoyed. I'm glad you liked him. Uh, one that I think I enjoyed. You didn't technically create this NPC, but you mm -hmm. were the one who brought them to life. Uh huh. Uh, there was this ooze-like creature. <laughs> <laughs> in a Pathfinder uh, in a Pathfinder adventure path called Star's Whisper and he's supposed to be an, an, an enemy that you kill he's a an ooze that pilots a ship he's and just he's this, not movable he's just this big monster at the end of an, at the end of a dungeon but he believes that he is a god and and Ren gave him this great megalomaniacal like worship me kind of feel to him and I really enjoyed him, and I didn't want him to die, so I polymorphed him into a tiny blue flying squirrel. And he then had to deal with things like mortality and falling asleep, and he was convinced when he fell asleep that death was coming for him, and when he woke up, he was, your new god has conquered death. Your new god demands scritches. Like, he was, he was maybe one of the best things about that campaign. And he wasn't supposed to happen. No, no, he was supposed to. He, you're just, he's just the monster at the end of a, at the end of a gross dungeon. I didn't want to kill him. But <laughs> I just, I read this guy's entry, and he was just so exciting. I had to play him up. Yep. So that would be one of my favorite NPC experiences. Although, there, gosh, we would be here all night to talk about my favorite NPCs. <laughs> right. I mean, this is the episode for it, so if we want to bring them up in the post-show, you know, it's yeah. really on break. Yeah. We also have to talk about Kingdom Hearts 3 in the post-show, so <laughs> yes, we're yes, going to we have to try to block this out. All right. But our post-show is going to be longer than the actual show at this point. <laughs> right. It is not impossible. We'll have to make an extra extra episode or something. Yeah, maybe a patron special episode. Ooh. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so, what do NPCs do for your game? It's uh, the answer is lots of things. They're mentors for the PCs. They're romances for the yes. PCs. Booches. Uh, they're nemeses. 
Maybe also smooches. Yeah, still smooches. Uh, Awkward smooches. smooches. They deliver information to the players about the campaign. Also smooches. smooches. Uh, they Stop show, smooching. They show the heroes how they are affecting the world around them by how hard they smooch them. Yes. Uh, they they give the heroes something to fight beyond monsters. And no, fight for no, that is that is where smooch fight for smooches. <laughs> fight yes. for we smooches. We don't. Yeah. Uh, they help establish things like tone and theme for campaigns, like smooching campaigns. Uh, they help guide players I towards said, the campaign's goals. <laughs> the campaign's My goals campaign being, goal is of to course, smooch them all. If, you, if your campaign goal is to smooch at any time in the near future, <laughs> you might just continue the podcast. <laughs> and they dispense rewards for, you no! for completing quests. <laughs> like, like gold. Like smooches. <laughs> <laughs> No, the, the the perfect thing that would have been like, like gold and magic items, deadpan. <laughs> that's how that would have been. But no, that's not what we're here for. That's, oh. Sorry, that's the wrong game. Uh, so NPCs are uh, tools, uh, kind of, for your, for your, as a GM. Uh, you can use them that way, but they are also like living, breathing things, uh, mm. as any player can tell you. Until they're not. Uh, un until they're not. I'm sorry, Leona. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they are... NPCs are such an integral part of making the setting come to life. Mm -hmm. And making people care about the setting they're in. Like, if it's, it's just... You can do a campaign where it's just, like, you and a few other people in the deep roads, and every the only people there are the PCs. Like... That could work if you had the right PCs, like, and the right players. But at the same time, having those NPCs really gives you a chance to interact with the world in and of itself. Like, mm -hmm. if you make, you know, you make a, no a human noble from Morlaix, and they see an elven PC, they're going to react to that PC in a way that would be very different from an Orlesian noble PC. And the fact that they tailor the way they talk to you based on who you are and what you look like and helps you sort of realize where you stand and how the world interacts with mm -hmm. you. So, It's a lot of information delivered to you very quickly. Yes. So, uh, and of course, I mean, beyond the fact that they are tools, uh, they bring this world to life. They make it real for your players. Uh, they help get the players invested. And... Um, then it's, we would be a little. It's, we're we're gonna need a. We're gonna need to know how to how to work with them, and uh, it's, and uh, I think one of the first things that uh, that is worth mentioning is that this is not fiction, quote unquote, that we are talking about, as in like linear experiences, like books or movies or television. Mm -hmm. There's uh, a couple of important differences between the two. Mm -hmm. They are similar, but but different. There are some key differences that need to be pointed out. Uh, writing a character in fiction, uh, which is a linear experience, is very different from an RPG, which is a very loosey-goosey, fluid experience. Mm -hmm. uh, in, when you're writing a story, you know how it's going to end. Mm -hmm. So you can okay. safely plot out character arcs in ways that are predictable for you. Yeah. You're only writing half the story as the GM. Yes. You don't know what those players are going to do, and you don't nope. know how that's going to impact the NPCs you create. So mm -hmm. making linear trajectories for character growth and dynamic is going to be difficult and a bit risky. Or just very confusing to watch. That too. And almost certainly 
in some way, wasted effort because the PCs will do something you don't expect. Mm -hmm. Always. It's their, it's our job. Yeah. <coughs> it's the job. <laughs> to a degree, uh, because fiction is non-interactive, the whole thing is populated by NPCs. Uh, they can't interact with how, this how, the, how the story changes. Uh, you can't romance them, or attack them, or fool them, or anything. None of what goes on in the pages is under the reader's control. You can't RPGs smooch them. You can't <laughs> them, that is correct. If you smooch your books, you're going to mess up the ink on the pages. Or And it's going to taste bad. It'll also taste bad. RPGs are an interactive medium, so those characters on those uh, those characters can be influenced. Uh, they serve roles in campaigns, but like characters do serve in a book. Uh, you can use them for a lot of the same literary tropes, mm -hmm. um, but these roles are usually going to be a bit more vague uh, and a bit more loose and subject to change, depend because we only know half of what's going to happen. the The player characters are going to bring that other half. Mm -hmm. Because uh, the main the story is about the main characters who are the PCs. It's not about the P NPCs that you write. Yeah, you have to be careful with that. You can make an amazing and super cool NPC, and then have the problem where that NPC is a little too cool and ends up being in the spotlight more than the PCs, and that's gonna be sort of counter to your goals. Yes, not acceptable. I really hope I haven't done that with any of my PCs. No. Or my NPCs. No, I have not experienced that. I, I think I when I started GMing, I caught on to that one pretty quick and was very wary of it. Yeah. No, I don't think we've had that experience. Your NPCs are pretty on point. Thank goodness. Um, so when designing your NPCs, uh, you should keep them fluid and keep the future in mind. If... Uh, and write them as much as... Uh, write them in as much as you're going to need them. Uh, if the NPC is only going to be around for one session or a story arc, or is just going to sell the sell the PCs some weapons, or maybe buy all that weird stuff that they came home with, be aware. Important asterisk: <laughs> you never know which shopkeeper your players will fall in love with, and then you have to make a whole side oh. quest for that character <laughs> because your players love him so much. Are we talking about Grom? We are talking about the, Grom, the primalist wizard alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> who needed a magic spell to fix his eyesight, and then we just found out that he'd left his contacts in for, like, five years. <laughs> <laughs> he teleported me onto a roof, dear. He, he did a teleportation storm so he could get to the bathroom, but everybody else just kind of ended up elsewhere. <laughs> but see, originally, he was just supposed to be a guy we bought potions from. He was just supposed to be a weirdo that he bought potions from, and... Uh, one we of the, took to him. Then one of the PCs wanted to mentor under him. Uh, wanted to <laughs> develop uh, potion and say like potions that you ingest as chocolate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Not me. Um, Could be. So you know, write as much as you're going to write. Don't write too much, but uh, and we'll be ready to work quickly. Um, be ready to work quickly around them. Um, and, you know, especially if they're going to be, they are going to be an important NPC, sketch a couple endings for them. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple places that they could go, should the PCs do so many, so, yeah. such and such. Maybe things. like a good ending, a neutral ending, and a sad ending. That's pretty good. That's a good way to go. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, we've got uh, lots of other advice that we're going to do in no particular order here. Huh. Um, first is variation. It may seem a bit obvious, uh, but... 
have variation in your NPCs and your NPC portrayals. Um, we say this for a couple of reasons. Some folks just had some folks just have a type that they that they like having, or maybe they like to make a lot of it. Maybe somebody who has a favorite class uh, or a favorite specialization just has a lot happens to have a lot of NPCs that end up being that class because the GM is comfortable with it. Uh, or maybe then uh, see uh, some folks just aren't aren't too good at improv uh, right at the gate, so a lot of NPCs start sounding the same. They have strikingly similar accents in terms of phrase. And it can be difficult to do A, culturally appropriate accents, and mm -hmm. B, if you're just, if you have a very distinctive voice, mm -hmm. sometimes altering it can be very difficult. It's fair. But, uh, there, you know, patterns of speech and things like that can be used, and really it's that creativity, the willingness to make them differentiated in some way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a fair point. Uh, but, <clears throat> and of course, not everybody is going to be great at improv, uh, which is fair, but it is all working on to cultivate and have. So you can do things like, and, uh, new character portrayals, or, uh, maybe finding some pieces of dialogue that you like, that you think works really well with that character. Uh, you know, things like that. Lots of little, lots of little things that can help that those NPCs, that even if you give them different descriptions, uh, if we uh, like, it's like going into Skyrim where there's like six voice actors. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that boy. same Thalmor all the time. Talking about the Thalmor. Oh, I look, my wife like is here. Two, Hello. Two Hello, son. How are you? Oh, look, the dog has come to welcome you home. Whoa. Like, they're all the same guy. <laughs> and, it, and when you can recognize the voice actor, too, like <laughs> yes. um, the guy, like Gideon Emery is in it, and I'm just sitting there, okay, there goes Fenris. And... <laughs> yeah, there are a couple of people who that happens for, like... Uh, yeah, and... Yeah. And, like, the other thing it, with, with Skyrim is that you've got very minor NPCs who have the same voice actor as a major NPC, <laughs> and it's just kind of, it's really jarring, and because they don't try to change the accent at all. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit, and it's just, yeah, okay, you were just selling me stuff five <laughs> seconds ago, and now... <laughs> and now we're, know, we're jumping I'm, on dragons, I guess. <laughs> cool yeah. shopkeep. Man, you got a lot of prep jobs. <laughs> Also, many different haircuts. Many, <laughs> <laughs> many. Yeah, so that's a good thing to keep in mind, is if everybody sounds exactly the same, people are going to start thinking they're kind of exactly the same. But, uh, again, if you have one of those alter, you can change their speech pattern, talk about how excited they get, change how vowels are. I do that one a lot. Cause, like, There's a lot of YouTube videos on voice, voice technique. Yeah. Uh, Check I mean, out. some people just aren't good with accents. Like, mm -hmm. I tend to be, especially with British accents, because I am British and my mother has a British accent, so I can do different parts of England. Like, mm -hmm. I can do a South and a North and whatever, but not everybody has that ability. Mm -hmm. So on YouTube, there are some great videos on how to do different accents, too. If you want to, like you want an Orlesian shopkeeper or an Orlesian noble or whatever, go on to YouTube and listen to how to do a French accent. Exactly. And there are different kinds of French accents. So, you know, pick one that you can hear and that you can listen to over and over again. And you can practice just to make that, even just that little differentiation in a voice can actually turn into making your NPC 
completely different than this guy over here. It's all about those little details. Uh, and it, it will pay off, I promise. It'll make that world seem vibrant. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, next one is uh, use broad strokes at first. Mm -hmm. uh, unless an NPC is central to the story, you probably need stats and descriptions, notes on how relationships with them work, uh, or subtle details like how their lonely childhood settled them with abandonment issues. Yeah, that, for the sh for a single shopkeep, that might not all immediately be necessary. Uh, <laughs> players are going to forget their name in the next session. That work, <laughs> all that work that you've likely gone a bit unappreciated. Yeah. So, uh, and it's worth remembering that at first players are not going to notice those things. Uh, at least, many of them won't. You're looking again, at me again. This is a this is kind of a a, a, a table variation, except back table variation, but. Uh, if you have an English major sitting at you. Uh, I'm feeling very called out right uh, now. Or, uh, let's see, folks who uh, read a lot? I'm feeling very <laughs> called out right now. Can catch these tropes that you're borrowing, uh, or even catch these kinds of um, <laughs> things that you're trying to thought were really cool in the first place. And then, uh, I still think they're cool. Beat I'm, me just, to them. <laughs> I've just read a bajillion books. What do you want? <laughs> Uh, don't feel bad if they call you out. On, it's, uh, not even, no, they're not really calling you out. They're, it's, but they're noticing that the literary tropes that you're using, it's okay. Uh, I think I complimented you, you on can, your uses. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very uh, much. Uh, so, most players are probably not going to be like Jair, who will, <laughs> no, who will notice, this, notice the tricks that you're trying. Um, so, uh, you can do, your, do yourself a favor and keep things relatively simple at first for mm -hmm. most of your NPCs. If you've got one that's obviously like central to the story, like this is the person who is like this is the person who should rightfully be on the Navarran throne. You're Here's probably the person gonna, who found the MacGuffin. Like. You're probably going to want to detail them a bit, um, but like minor characters that the PCs are meet, keep them simple um, and. If it calls for it, then you can add a little bit more as you want to interact with them more. Also be re very ready to improv some stuff and live with the improv that you're doing. Uh, yes. and, and, and try and remember to keep it. So um, if like, advice, use broad strokes at first is, is, is wise, but in that very session where the piece is only talking to this person a whole lot more than you were expecting them to. Build it, build it, on, the, build it, build on, it on the spot. Just go for it. Fancy, get the fancy, get those broad strokes finer and finer. Stick with them. Well, and one of the cool things about that, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because if yeah. you, you know, if you say something about an NPC, they're gonna remember uh, that they care about you, your players are gonna remember it. Yes. And on the one, if you're like, oh, I just if I only hadn't said that my character could do this plot device, but on the other hand, you might be like, oh, because this character's like this, like I said, this plot device is amazing. I never would have thought of that. Like. It can lead you down some roofing avenues. So, broad strokes, take a finer brush out later, mm -hmm. but fine-tune as, uh, fine as needed. Uh, you may need to fine-tune during the session, so just, mm -hmm. just be ready for that. Not only that, but uh, <laughs> even whether you're in or outside the session, maybe you should uh, talk to your players a bit about your building your NPCs. Yeah. Yes. Get your players help. Isn't, yeah. that, isn't that wild? Yeah. All right. All right. Um, but we know we're not crazy. Uh, NPCs from a piece rounds, uh, as one example, are going to be very important to that player. Mm -hmm. um, specific, most especially uh, from, from a, a PCs from a PCs background, 
um, or even uh, let's say uh, if you were letting your PCs maybe well, this is this is a weird example constructing their love interest. Why did I think of that one? That one's a weird one. That's a that's a weird way to go about it. That's a weird way to go about it. But you kind of get the idea. Yeah. Of it. Like somebody who's going to be central to the campaign, and let the players have a um, mm. creating your own squad. That, oh, squad. That's right. And like uh, making my own brother was mm -hmm. a very long and now and he became a PC eventually for mm -hmm. a different world and now he's just another he's another character with like a bajillion things in his backstory mm -hmm. but he started out as an NPC that we had to work on together so uh, feel free to consult with your players on how they want an NPC or uh, they know and how they impact things especially if that PC is, that NPC is very relevant to that player character's background uh, or that player uh, you may have to talk to uh, your player about your care about their character's personality uh, and their background. So that you, as a GM, a story writer, can determine what is going to have the most impact on that on that character and some action things like that. The player may not have an answer for you. In that case, it's up to your up to you. Uh, if they do have some input, however, uh, that's going to get the player not only very invested. Uh, it is save you some work, which is always welcome. Mm. This next one, I think, is one that is uh, fairly rare for a lot of role-playing games, but we are lucky as we're playing Dragon Age, uh, is play the video games and listen in. Mm -hmm. Listen to that dry wit that Flemeth is dishing out. Uh, listen to the weedness humor uh, mm -hmm. of Alistair. Uh, listen to the crass jokes of Ogryn. Uh, Dragon Age is an RPG that's... We've said it several times on here, but it continues to be true. Uh, it benefits from having full video games and fiction and comic books, um, lore books, that show you the world instead of telling you about it. Mm -hmm. So, use that to your advantage uh, to help you know what your players may expect from your NPCs. Because, chances are, if they're playing a Dragon Age role-playing game, they've probably played the video games. Not always true. Not always true. But usually. Mm -hmm. In most cases, they will probably have found some other Dragon Age fiction or Dragon Age game before they came to the role-playing game. Yeah. And they will, uh, <clears throat> they'll have a certain expectation of what the, the tone is going to sort of be like mm -hmm. in making it very Dragon Age. That sort of, the cross between darkness and wit is mm -hmm. going to be a big part of really making it feel like a Dragon Age game. And so that's why listening to the characters, and honestly, just if you watch like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you're also going to see a lot of the things that would be similarly. Just listen to Xander, and you'll have Alastair down perfectly. Actually, yeah, that's pretty much it. <clears throat> Not far. Um, and of course, don't fall into the tropes completely. This mm -hmm. story, you should have your own twists and turns, but the games give you a good starting position. Next, you're probably already asking some of your players for goals. Uh, I'm certainly going to be doing it with my, our Next Age campaign, uh, mm -hmm. and we've already got quite a few good ones out there. Um, but goals are very useful just for plotting out how PCs are built, are growing and what they want, uh, but telling you what your NPCs want. So if you don't write anything else down for them, goals can still help you flesh them out very fast because it tells you what they want. Uh, which can inform your role-playing. It can inform how the piece, how that NPC is going to react to what the PCs are doing. Uh, PCs' actions happen to be getting in the way of that person's goals uh, or potentially aiding them. That person, that, that NPC is going to react, uh, getting what they want, which feels very mm -hmm. real. 
-hmm. I once, one of the better pieces of advice about NPCs I always thought was, you know, great was your NPCs, the important ones at least, not your basic shopkeepers, but your basic, your more important NPCs should be able to go and be a PC in their own adventure. I agree. Yes, I like that. That's good. I like that a lot. They should get their own fiction line. Yeah. Their own comic book series. Yeah. You should well, be, I mean, and yeah, you should be it, able to pick them up and take them. And if you needed to put them into their own story, you could do that with their own group of NPCs and their own background and their own, you know, goals and dreams and desires and smooches. <laughs> yep. It's true. Uh-huh. Oh, geez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and even like... Uh, the NPC that we were talking about previously, not Stars Whisper. I mean, bless him, but... Bless Stars Whisper. But uh, my character's older brother for mm-hmm. our big Pathfinder campaign. Mm-hmm. He ended up becoming extremely fleshed out and then ended up being a PC in his own right and ended up going through Pathfinder Society up to mm-hmm. level 16 and was able to serve as a very effective sort of hero in his own stead with his own goals and mm-hmm. hopes and... Friends. Whirlwind attacks. Whirlwind attacks. Burn wounds. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Suffice it to say, the character was certainly able to become that nature without a whole lot of tweaking. But yeah, that character that we're talking about right now, he was an NPC. That's it. And then we made him a full PC. So there's that Red advice. Red is at the screen. That's it. I'm pointing at you, Leo. Thank you much. <laughs> um... This one's more like general advice that's just the annotation. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Write, write stuff down. Uh, because if you put something out there, your players will probably remember it better than you will because you've got so <laughs> much stuff to track in the already uh, beyond just like character names and where they come from and what they want. You've also got things like stat blocks and monsters and rooms and hazards and yep. campaign arcs. So do yourself a favor, write some stuff down, especially yep. especially if you're making that NPC bot. <laughs> get some, yeah, get some write notes. it down. And, uh, I mean, if you really need to, if you're going to have a bunch of NPCs and you're just having a hard time keeping track of stuff, how about you keep a little black book? Like, mm-hmm. a little, uh, sort of book of faces. Yeah. I have. A Facebook, if you will. <laughs> now we're getting sued. So, good night, everybody. No, we, I keep it, I keep, I write down little notes in my little notebook that I keep on my desk when Very we're playing. Nice. Um. Yeah, and with roll twenty two, we can add notes into into there too. So anywhere you can mm-hmm. write a note down, do it. And if you've got access to like uh, Google Docs uh, that you can have uh, mm-hmm. players help you uh, edit while they're going along, or if you want to go out and make your own wiki, uh, you can certainly do that. Or if you just want a notebook and you write stuff down so you don't lose really track of anybody, mm-hmm. it's a very good idea. Uh, so that you're in, so that you don't forget anything about all these living, breathing people in your campaign setting, uh, and then start having them act in ways that seem a little strange for how the story has been has been unfolding. Yep. Just <clears throat> keep, keep an eye on it. Uh, next wise point is design your NPCs with your players slash PCs in mind. Uh, knowing your odds can help you avoid making an NPC who has all of the plot but none of the player's interest. Yep. Make what sure was you that, know who uh, people are. That tweet that we saw a while ago that was oh. about to, You see a man sit at the bar. He, he's got golden hands, a sword, three swords on his hip. And it was like it three cent, wreathed in flames. Wreathed in three cent flames. Yeah. And see the jabber on to each other. Um, and then somebody, and then the PCs are like, who, who else, else is there? The bar? Uh, 
there's a goblin. We want to go talk to Sam Smarkle. <laughs> like, and you would have known with a particular group which one was going to get the attention. I would have known. Ahead of time. And Sam Smart would have been the one that was actually planned. Destiny Man is not getting talked to today. <laughs> we are going over to chat up Sam Smart with a goblin. <laughs> Goblins are great. So, situations like that. Uh, knowing your group can help you. My goodness. Can you be helped over there? Uh, it's time for your daily cat break, everybody. Or, mm -hmm. I guess, bi-weekly cat break. For us, it's daily. For us, it is Hourly. daily. Well, I have <laughs> now moved my keyboard to one side of my desk and my mouse oh, to good. the other because the cat has decided to plunk oh, himself right where my keyboard is supposed to go. And Fantastic. he has spread out and is of very course. comfortable and oh, good. now is biting my hand. Yeah. We usually call Catman <laughs> the Blight when he is uh, getting on the board with all our pieces. And so it's like you can't stop the spread of the Blight sometimes. You just kind of <laughs> have to move away from it. Like your keyboard is loathering and you have to get out. Yeah. If you're, if you're, if we're playing drag, uh, Star Wars, he's he's the dark side of the force. Yes. If we're playing anything else, he's a jerk. Yes. <laughs> um. So, uh, and beyond just like the Sam Smorkel thing, can be the players latching onto that. Um. <clears throat> but you could. There's also the flip side of knowing the PCs themselves mm -hmm. and what kind of person they're going to. Um. So those are definitely things to keep in mind when you're making uh, making your NPCs. Is somebody that not only that the players and or the play ca player characters are actually going to be interested in talking to. Yeah. Or no, lo or love to hate if you're making a villain. Oh, and you can do that very well as well. Mm. That one's fun. Oh, we got a couple of those. <laughs> oh. uh, those love to hate recurring villains. Those are some of my favorites. Oh, fight me. Mm. I mean, they will. It's the thing. So, um, big point that we want to talk about is Faces of Thetis. There's this book that's coming out. It seems like fates that we would be talking about this episode, <laughs> talking about this episode as soon as Faces of Thetis comes out. Uh, we're going to be diving into that book in greater depth uh, and its individual. It's got some extra backgrounds, it's got organizations, and of course it's got, you know, mechanics for smooching people. Or punching them. You know, one the smooching is know, better. The smooching is yes. much more fun. Um, but uh, we're going to be taught, but it's it's very useful for crafting NPCs uh, for a couple of reasons. First is giving you some inspiration. Um, if you take the Nancy, if you let, sit down and read this book about all of these people in Thetis, um, it, it can, I, while I was reading it, I was getting ideas already. Uh, it gives you ideas for, you know, for campaigns, uh, for NPCs of your own making, uh, or even kinds of campaigns you can plot these kind of characters down into, uh, or maybe you can look at this person's characteristics and be like, man, my, my player characters would hate this person. I gotta make someone like him. Um, it's a very lore-strong book, uh, and you can even use the organizations in the book to help you populate the world. Um, and and uh, Faces of Fantasy can also save you some time. Uh, if you don't have time for making an NPC, or you don't really feel like it, uh, or you want to name drop somebody, put Liliana in there. That'd be fun. Uh, if you need a villain right now, drop Nightmare Night Commander Meredith on top of your mage heroes. That'd oh, be fun. Oh, no, thank you. Uh, uh, if you need someone <laughs> to be your PC's love interest, that's what Iron Bull is for. That That is kind of what Iron Bull is for. 
I mean, also, I mean, there are so many people who would be like, well, what about this person? I mean, this, that's part of what this book is for, is that it's it's, it's got NPCs right there for yeah. you. Uh, and even then, if you don't want to use the NPCs themselves, it's got a whole bunch of stats in there. It's going to know if you're using the Dorian Pavis' stats, uh, but you needed a cool mage, so here's one right now. Yeah, it's perfect. Just reskin it if you want. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, of course... Mm -hmm. The final chapter is relationships. We've finally got relationships as part of the Dragon Age RPG line. Uh, they've kind of been floating around already because they actually wrote these rules for Dragon Age, uh, but they got into Blue Rose first, and then Fantasy Age after that. They're finally here in Dragon Age. Um, so it's official. Now, if you just want to buy Dragon Age books, now you'll have the relationship rules. Uh, we'll definitely get into relationships at a later date. Because they've been out for a while, you've gotten to look at them, uh, look at look them over, and use them a little bit. Let's see. But now that they're part of Dragon Age, they're immediately relevant to this podcast. Yay! Of course, uh, relationships are a very Dragon Age thing. So, uh, mm -hmm. wanting to look at your NPCs to determine how the relationships will interact with those NPCs and your player characters. Uh, because while you can just have you know, you can just say that your character has a love interest, and it's the if you want some. But what relationships does is it gives you some mechanical storytelling oomph behind them. Uh, so if that person is in trouble, uh, or your nemesis is here, you can mm -hmm. get some free stunt points to either smooch him or punch him. Yes, pick one though. Yeah, yeah, you probably, probably, I guess. Uh, More often than not, pick one. Get, yeah. get consent. I mean, I, I guess not, not for punching though. That's any turn lover yeah. is a very popular trope. I understand. Oh yes, Ed, we've we've been there. We have been there. Didn't that, was, that Iron Gods campaign? Same campaign actually. Yeah, it was, it was a good Stars campaign. Whisper thing. It wasn't Stars Whisper. Don't worry. <laughs> it was definitely not. Not. It was definitely not the Petra moment. The God complex. No, <laughs> it's all of my heart. Uh, <sighs> so. Uh. And, 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 of course, Faces of Thetis has lots of entries on how it works with the characters. That for some inspiration. 100%. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling all smooched out. Are you sure? Well, I mean... Oh, God, I'm so sorry. We, <laughs> we could talk about making out, but I feel like that might be kind of... Un-PC? Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm <laughs> so sorry. You didn't see my... I was oh. hiding my face for the last, like, five minutes. <laughs> it came into my head. And I was like, if they see me, they'll know. That one's bad. I've been hiding uh, under my that's head. That's why you put your hood that's up. That's why I put my hood up. <laughs> it was for shame. Oh, God. Well, here we are uh, at the end of the show. Okay, my primary job <laughs> is to make two puns over the course of the episode, and I will not let my people down. No, you're here to derail the show. Only say by, by <laughs> with word games. <laughs> Leota looks forward to my puns. I do look forward to them. <laughs> Drunko Gro looks forward to them as well. He does indeed. Uh, I'm sure Andy does, despite that. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> he thinks the laugh for test too much. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to the One Arts of Fitcast. If you like what we do, consider supporting us on our new Patreon. If you support us with only $3 per month, you get to vote on our Patreon-only poll, which is worth twice as many months as the other polls. Mm -hmm. If you support us with $5 per month, you get to hear the episodes a week early on Patreon. Anything you can, can appreciate it. You can find a link to our Patreon on our blog and post for the show. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on our social media. Feel free to leave a comment or a question or even tell us how your Dragon Age games are going. 
Because we love hearing about how Dragon Age games are going. We always want to know. <laughs> we always want to know. Did you just receive an attack roll? Yeah, I did. And <laughs> did you just get cat clobbered? Yeah, and the attack was successful. Ooh. Ouch. Oh. Penetrating damage from those claws. Yes, it was. <laughs> Punk damage. <laughs> uh, comment on our show on SoundCloud, and if you can leave, and if you please leave us for iTunes or Google Play, it really helps us out. I mean, I guess a mean one that wouldn't help very much. I mean, I guess it doesn't help us very much, but we do appreciate constructive Chris. Just not mean. Just not mean stuff. Don't be mean. We're not very mean people. Oh, yeah, don't be mean. Everything okay? Oh, no. We still cat. have a cat in the box over there. Yep. Cat is doing things. Is he dozed off? Yeah, he's sleeping there. Gotcha. All right, well, I think next up is going to be some post-show okay. stuff one way or another. We may want to do a little, like, mini-sode to talk about... Uh, Mm -hmm. Like adventures and NPCs or something, and then we could make that. That could be fun. We could make that Patreon exclusive. Okay. But either way, there should be a post show. Yes. Because you can't be the only two people who have been starting to play Kingdom Hearts 3. Certainly Probably not. not. All right. This is Ren wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die. Still wishing you good heels and happy feels. This is Leona. May the creators guide you on your way. Thank you so much for listening to one of the three. Catch you next time. Catch you next time. Bye! Post show! Welcome to the post show, everybody. <laughs> post show! For those yeah. of you who are new to this concept, uh, Nancy, or just well, this is your first time here, uh, we're all done. We're all done with the episode. We're not really. We might talk about a bit of Dragon Age, but by this point, we're just going to be shooting the breeze. So if you're if it's if you've gotten your Dragon Age fix and you're good, feel free to stop yeah. the show. But if you'd like to stick around and just listen to us talk about stuff, yeah, feel I mean, free. Who knows? We may just talk about all this stuff on here. But yeah, like I know one thing that needs to be discussed. <clears throat> okay, first thing I'm going to out a little plug if anybody out there listening is going to gary con in the next couple of weeks oh we should have put this wants, in the main show and wants to say hi i ask if they could send you guys the if they could send the podcast a little message and get to me and we can maybe meet up at some point and say hi and maybe have some food or drink or talk about games or dragon age or anything else if you're going to be at gary con yes 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 oh i'm so sad we didn't put this in the main episode I can put it in the blog post. Yeah, put it in the blog post. And it's pretty close cool. to the main episode. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if anybody's going to be there and wants to say hi to me, I'm always down for meeting new people and talking about Dragon Age and role yes. playing games in general yes. and anything like that. So I will be there. I get that from Wednesday to Sunday. Woo! March 6th? Yeah, something like that. March 6th, I think I fly right. out. So. Fun stuff. All right. Well, yeah. I hope you guys get okay, a chance. Okay, so that's my that's my little plug. If anybody's going, <clears throat> I wish we Andy could go. has uh, reminded us that WitCon is coming. Uh, yes, and I think is still offering to put us up, which well, is very think, kind. Yeah, if we decide to go. That said, it's a lot of grad school. There is a lot of grad school. There's a lot of grad school right now. Mm. It's an exceptional amount of grad school. <laughs> it's been a bad week. <laughs> <laughs> but mm -hmm. not for everybody because Kingdom Hearts 3 came out and, and Faces of Light is much better. 
I had to pick one. I had to pick Faces of Thetis or Kingdom Hearts 3 for this week, and I picked Kingdom Hearts 3. Fair enough. And next yeah, spoilers week, too much. when I get yeah, when I get my paycheck next week, it will be Faces of Thetis. Nice. And right now the IRS has my tax my taxes, so hopefully my tax return will come back Ooh. in the next couple of weeks. Nice. And we, work on we that. will get and I will get have more money to spend again at GaryCon because there will be games and things there that will just suck the money right out of my wallet. Fair yeah. It it happens. It really <laughs> does. We get we have that problem at Gen Con every year where it's like mm. You know, who put this giant hole in my pocket and all this debt on my credit card? Aw, oh, beans. I mean, and if there's enough left over, I might, might, might get to Gen Con. You should come my, to Gen Con. My biggest problem with Gen Con is nobody, t I'm not going with anybody, so I have no one to share a hotel room mm. with. So that's a huge expense for one yeah. person in a hotel room. Yeah, that's fair. So I'm kind of, I'm putting out feelers, seeing if anybody is looking for a roommate, but Fair enough. Um, if I get that, then I might yeah. go. I would, I really want to go, just so we can have lunches, the lunch of Thetis <laughs> as we discussed at one, one uh, yes. time. For sure. I think, you know, we usually stay with my mom and dad, because they have a, <laughs> they actually have a condo that is about a mile away from the convention. Well, that is really convenient. So we just stay with my parents and then, um, like, That's take awesome. a lift over. That is, that is amazing. Yeah, sometimes we just walk if we're feeling walk. That's, by the time Saturday rolls around, no. it's like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, that is, no, that is great. That, I'm, I'm, yes, if we have, I know that we have probably some people who are going to want to stay again with us. We definitely, my poor parents, we just kind of booked them <laughs> solid. But uh, if space remains, I would be very interested in discussing with them about perhaps having an extra person with us. I have a sleeping bag, I mean. Oh, yeah, like, they're, they're pretty, my parents are pretty cool folks, to be honest, even though they probably haven't listened. How many folks came with us to Gen Con this past year? Well, if you recall in the car, we were the five fancy-haired queers. five fancy-haired so. queers. So there were, let's see, there was us two and uh, three other folks. Yes. A little happy along. LGBTQ car full of people with colorful hair. It Excellent. was perfect. It's very true. Yeah. God, I'd almost fit had in, almost, except I don't have everything. colored hair. That is okay. <laughs> we can fix that. We One of those people is the one who does all the color in the hair. I'm not allowed to have color in my hair at work. Oh, no. Uh, I'm not allowed to have anything that's non-natural. So my red... That's, so this red is not is not my real hair color. This mm. is a very bright, vibrant red, but because it It looks great. Thank you. But because it's red and yeah. it's not a like a fire engine red, it, I can get away with it. My daughter likes to do pink and blue and purple. Nice. And it, I would love to like that. Yeah, like pink. Jessica's pink by the way for those of you who can't see it. And like she's done like this orange that was amazing once, and I would love to do something like that. That's really frustrating. I work in a, well, I work in a hospital. Well, so I mean, but I feel like that would just make people happier to be like, oh look, differency. And actually, it might be coming because our hospital just said that we are allowed to have our tattoos visible. Oh yeah, that this yeah. is the next step. So that, like, people have, I, there are tons of people at work who have, like, full sleeves done. 
on both arms and have mm-hmm. to wear long sleeves in the middle of 95 degree summers That's just here. ridiculous. But they're loosening that rule that is saying that you don't have to cover your tattoos. Oh, anymore. thank goodness. Which is, I mean, all the tattoos I have are easily mm-hmm. covered. By, I mean, the one, even the one on my arm, with just yeah. short sleeve shirt will cover most of it. So I, it's not really my problem, but I think it's oh, great yeah. that, you know, now people Absolutely. can just wear short sleeves. Well, like, this generation is all about dying it. Dying of heat stroke. So the colored hair might yes. be coming. The we'll keep our fingers coming. Because so uh, you got to join the colored so hair. My, I'm 40 years old and I want pink hair. I mean, come on. Pink hair actually, is the best! Actually, I want purple hair, but that's just me. Purple hair is also super good. I like purple. Purple's my But yes, uh, one of our friends, Nick, is really, really good at hair. Mm-hmm. And uh, he does he color. Does, he does our hair now. Yeah. He is our hairdresser. <laughs> I mean, like, the reason my hair is unevenly pink right now is because I use a shampoo to keep it mm-hmm. in between. And I, like, mm-hmm. left it on the side for too long. And I was like, oh, whatever. I work here. No one's going to care. The kids will think it's cool. Oh, the kids love it. There's actually one little three-year-old who just got pink in her hair, and she it's because of mine, but she every sees me, she, like, she grabs her hair and points at it, and I'm like, it's a thumbs up, like, yeah, but yeah. Love it. So cute. I love Very it. Very good. So how far into Kingdom Hearts 3 are you? Yes, we have to be careful I'm with spoilers. In- spoilers, possibly, everybody. We're not too many. I'm in the toy box. Okay. okay. Good. That's a I'm good one. I'm in the one. toy box. Um, good stuff. I... Have yes, you gone so to Corona yet? No, I'm not. Okay. I haven't gone to Corona we yet. Actually, we did a probably my next stop. We actually did it in the other order and then found out that the character, the, the level yeah. progression was rec- recommending we go to Toy Box first. <laughs> no wonder Corona was so difficult. <laughs> it was tricky. Well, you're also on proud mode, yeah. so... Because that's you. Yeah. I'm on the normal, mm-hmm. the middle one, the normal one. The sane one. Yeah. Um, but The sane mode. Mm-hmm. The sane, yeah. Yeah. I'm not big for the nightmare mode <laughs> game settings. I will never, ever, ever platinum a game ever because yep. they always have one that says finish in nightmare mode. Except for Dragon Age 2, which I did platinum. Nice. I did every trophy on Dragon Age 2. It's my favorite. Nice. <laughs> I think the only the only two games I've platinumed like, that are PS3, like games that were on a PS3 or a PS4, Mm-hmm. were Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Yeah. Of course I did. Who am I? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Sonic Adventure 1. Probably. Again. And uh, Flower, actually. Good choice. No, wait. No, not yet. No, because I have the stupid part. Uh, I'm really close on Flower. Oh, no, never mind. I'm mad now. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be a relaxing Oh, I'm game. sorry. There's a level that is the opposite of relaxing. It's very stressful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm in the toy box now, um, doing those quests. I'm, I think I'm yeah. halfway, maybe three quarters through it. It's it feels like that. <laughs> I remember uh-huh. why I hated the gummy ship in in Kingdom Hearts two. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I hated I, it. I still hate it. <laughs> I might have been in the, just in the gummy I ship still for like two hate straight that hours thing. today. Yeah, that feels like a thing to do. <laughs> yeah, no, I. I still, I know why I hate that part. I hate doing... Yeah, the schmo. Flying around and shooting stuff. A very uh, Star Fox kind of kind of way to go. Yeah, I, I don't... I never liked it in the first... In 
Kingdom Hearts 2. I don't like it again. Maybe I just. I mean, it may just not be your jam. Mm -hmm. The thing that I like about it is well, there are two things now Maybe. that I like about it. One of them is giving your ship a stupid name, because I enjoy that immensely. Like uh, naming your ship uh, was it Mister Mister Scooty Junior? No, Mister Scooty. It was like Mister Scooty Pooty. Mister Scooty Pooty or something like that. It takes a lot of the uh, drama away from <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. But it was enjoyable. And also the fact that you had giant dogs to your Just ship. a dog. You can just, just a put a dog on the real ship. Dog. Just put a whole corgi on the side of the ship. It's I would I would suppose it would be like it, it looks to be maybe like fifty or sixty or not, maybe like fifty feet tall if you were It's pretty big. It's a pretty big corgo. Maybe thirty feet? No. It's a big old doggo. You can also put a Shiba. Yes, you can also put a Shiba, but I'm a corgi person. I had one. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of fun with that gun. I'm finding Toy Box to be very emotionally relevant to pick up on the Toy Story movie. Yes. And a little bit of that, too, from Monsters, Inc. Uh, let's see, from the Monstropolis I level. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm having a lot of fun. It's very good. Also, the Tangled level, the Krona, is... Tangled is one of my favorite Disney movies. Mm -hmm. it's, it's... Yeah, it's my second... I think it's my second favorite. Beauty oh, and yeah? the Beast will always be my first. That's fair. I enjoy Beauty and the Beast. I think, I think Tangled is technically third for me. Oh no, I mean yeah, Dumbo would be up there except for all the terrible racism. Like I was a big, I was big into elephants yeah, as a child, racism. so I loved Dumbo. But then you go back and you're like, oh, oh no, oh no, oh, no. I'm uncomfortable. Watching I can't this really part. watch this anymore. But uh, number yeah. one, depending if I'm feeling like in a serious, I need to feel things mood, is Moana. And then if I, mm. well, actually, I lied. Either way, if I'm really wanting to other feel things, it's Wally because Wally. Oh. I'm really sad. There's no Wally world. At least not yet. Mm. It has been it. said several times that this is not the end of Kingdom Hearts, just the end of the Dark Seeker saga. Yeah. Just the end of the Xehanort. Right. No more people getting Norded. No more Norda boys getting Norded. <laughs> Norda boy. You Norda boy. Uh, <laughs> there's a there's a very good YouTuber who's been getting a lot of traction through Polygon. Uh, through Polygon, and he did one episode that was about Kingdom Hearts and every other story explained. It, <laughs> so, it gets it it gets so wild. It's it's, it's like, you know plotting it yeah. into the hero's journey, uh, and then adding the the Ventus diagram <laughs> of hero's journeys happening uh, before like <laughs> at the first between the two steps of Sora's hero's journey. <laughs> and then but basically he's got yarn all these things and things things go awry there's a there's a trash can from dream drop distance it's just a bucket it's just a trash can <laughs> uh and goes over to uh like uh a tetrahedron yeah. hero no, story was, uh, for a tridecahedron tridecahedron uh, uh for xehanort's story for the villain's story yeah it it goes off the rails Which i think but stage it, four was yanorda boy yes where because he, you know, a boy. Because they know it like all the boys. Specific. Well, I mean, there could be other people involved. In this, <laughs> and I'm the trailers. We haven't seen it yet, but the trailers made me worry about mm -hmm. certain people in the series. But we'll have to see because we're not there yet. Not there yet. Although, I'll yes, soon. Norting is a verb now. <laughs> apparently, it's right up there with googling. Except. To get possessed by a Xehanort is to be norted. norted. Okay. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, goodness. Fair. 
Uh, I, I can get on board I with that. I was a little sad that they... I, I was a little sad, but also not that sad that they did not get Tom Hanks or Tim Allen. I thought that the people they got for those roles was were still very good. Like, I was impressed. Um, I didn't Woody feel... is actually done by Tom Hanks' brother. That would explain oh. why I didn't have a whole really? lot of cognitive dissonance. Tom, yeah, like, um, it's a thing. I can't remember his name. James, maybe? I don't know. But um, he does a lot of stuff because Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. Yeah. Right. So he fills in a lot for Tom Hanks. <laughs> That's clever as hell. That's pretty because good. Because he does sound exact. The, and the other guy is, um, this is not Kingdom Hearts related, but Donald Gibson fills in from Mel Gibson's voice. Ha! Because he, he sounds a lot like his brother. You know, that's like that's got a sweet gig. Like, just got to come on and sound like your brother. Yeah. I think Donald Gibson actually did, maybe he did Pocahontas too. Because Mel Gibson wasn't going to do Pocahontas 2. <laughs> yeah, the direct video, video sequel. sequel to Pocahontas. Um, uh. I think he did that. And if you ever watched the cartoon reboot. Long way back in the time 90s, ago. Yeah, he was in that. Uh. So you can, hear, you can really hear it. Man. Yeah, I mean, that was one of my favorites back in. It's an age since I have done anything with reboot. I loved it. Dang. Right, I love some good stuff. It's classic. Some I love classic it. stuff right there. Uh, well, hopefully, Kingdom mm. Hearts ends up continuing to be everything we want it to be. Probably going to be the moment I'm done editing and posting the show. Yeah, now I'm pretty sure I'll be playing it the moment yeah, <laughs> that we're done here. I'll be nice. yeah. hopping well, on. And I would like to hear. Uh, I want to know about this wedding that didn't happen, but. I'm wondering, should we do this okay. here or in a separate episode? What do you guys think? We could do a separate... I mean, this is not related to NPCs. We could do a separate NPC episode. Yeah, like a, a mini-sode. Like a, or we could just... I mean, I don't like making it so that some people can't hear the cool story. It makes me mad. Uh, that some folks get to hear extra stuff yet. Uh, but we've never, we've never done it before. Yes, we've never done an extra episode. Well, I want to do something nice for our patrons, but I also mm -hmm. understand what it's like to not have dollars. Exactly. I mean, if we did do a patron-only thing, it's not like we're going to be talking about anything groundbreaking or shattering will change people's lives. Just a little something extra. So other it is a lot less to just talk about it now. It's it's true. We don't have to plan something It new. is that. So why don't we go ahead and do that? Uh, for those of you who are still listening to us, uh, go <laughs> well on done. about Kingdom Hearts. Uh, thanks, I guess. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about Kingdom Hearts with us? I mean, that could be fun. Yeah. Hit us well, up. It could be fun. I don't actually play the series and did not care for it playing it. But uh, everyone I know loves the series really hard. I think it's ridiculous, but it at this point ridiculous. I have been indoctrinated, oh, no, no, I suppose. Right. It's, because it's I have absolutely ridiculous. Every single one of them, except it's, for Dream Drop Distance. It is pandemonium. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I always have a question, a logistical question, and Ren literally never gives them to my satisfaction. Oh, answer them. To just, my <laughs> satisfaction. There's always an answer. It's just never satisfying. It's just never a good one. That's because it's not logical. It's not at all. 
Like, who gets to decide who gets a body and for what reasons? Like, people just popping extra bodies out of the out of the snow. Like, like daisies. Like daisies. Thank you. Like, <laughs> but what? How? Like, and then now in this game, they're like, but we need a body for this person, and it's gonna be so hard. And I'm like, but Xehanort be over here with like twelve different bodies. He just he just because he felt like it. Like. <laughs> Also, I mean, she's like, not wrong. minds and it's bodies true. and hearts, and each of these things is different but the same, and you can leave your heart and have a body, and your body somehow still has your mind, but lingering will is still in somebody's armor, and that's somebody else, like, where is, is Terra everywhere now? Terra is all things. Is Terra all things? <laughs> that's why we can't find him. He's everywhere. Because okay, he's everywhere see, and nowhere. These are my... I, I knew it was going to go here eventually. <laughs> I have these issues with Kingdom Hearts where it doesn't play by its own rules. And nope. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Nope. It's like, nope. just play by your own rules. If you're going to make sort of a mythology, like a mythos or a, a, a physics world where there's minds and hearts and bodies and you lose one and you become this and you lose the other and you become that, like, stick to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I'm really excited to find out how this ends. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My favorite character is Aqua. Aqua is very important. Well, of course. She's the one who did everything. She's the one who gets everything done. Yeah. Yep. The most competent character in the whole game. Ooh. I will fight people about this. We gotta save her. That makes me sad. I think... No, the trailer want, makes it look like I she got like, I feel like we sh I really hope that it's just a let's encourage her to save herself kind of deal. Yeah. Because I don't want to see the one female character in the series who has just done nothing but competency and capable things get damseled. I just, I'm not, my heart can't take it. We shall see. We, we shall, shall see. see. We're not there yet. We're going to nope. find out later. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks again for listening to the Wonders of the News podcast. We'll catch you next time. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. everyone. We'll Good, night. Good night. Bye. Good night. Good night.